guys, welcome to another episode of Lester Plant Medicine, Cannabis, Psychedelics, and Pharmaceutics. I am super freaking excited today. <laughs> I know I say that every single episode, but this time around, I'm telling you guys, I got a goddess in the house. <laughs> yeah, I have a goddess in there. She is amazing. She is my superhero. All my nurses, I call them superhero. They, they go above and beyond for us. But before I introduce her, you guys know what's up. We got to do our good house cleaning. What is our good house cleaning? Uh, this show is for educational purposes and should not be taken as medical advice. Consult with your doctor for all your medical needs. Do not stop or start any medicine without talking to your doctor. Having said that, who am I? Who the heck is she? <laughs> yeah, I'm Dr. Lola, also known as Dr. Hope, a clinical pharmacist. I'm the founder of WCI Health. We are alternative health and wellness hub. We help you level up on your wellness journey using the healing powers of botanicals and using education has tools. And we are also the manufacturers of Glows and Glows Beauty products. Glows is all that you love, is the beauty from within. That's Glows. You want to find out more about the product, head straight to the website, wci-health.com. That's where what's up. So what is the other good house cleaning? Yeah, this show sponsors. Yeah, you. <laughs> This year is sponsored by WCI Health, your alternative health and wellness hub, and they are the makers of Glow's Beauty and Glow's uh, Vitamins. So go check it out, wci.health.com. This show is also sponsored by all you uh, members of Health Equals Wealth. If you are a member of Health Equals Wealth, you are indirectly sponsoring this show. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. And also for you that are supporting us on Patreon, on Apple Podcasts, we do appreciate you. For those of you that are yet to join our village, it takes a village, folks. <laughs> we need you to head straight to the website and slide in the DM and join our group. And finally, uh, are you uh, a member of Cannabis Psychedelic Club or African Cannabis Club? This is a way of us reaching our community to bring education, awareness about plant medicine like cannabis psychedelics to you. So if you are yet to join us, head straight to Clubhouse and look for Cannabis Doctor. Cannabis Doctor and the club is Cannabis Psychedelic Club or African Canadelli Club. What else? Did you get my book yet? <laughs> I can't find a book around here anyway. A Pharmacist's Guide to Cannabis Perspective of a Non-Conforming Clinician is flying off the shelf. <laughs> it's flying off the shelf if I have to say that. So if you are yet to get your home, there's a way you can get it. If you subscribe to my psychedelic masterclass, learn psychedelic as medicine, if you pre-register, you get your own copy book free. What else do you get for free? You get a copy of my masterclass, uh, it's cannabis, my ticket to a good night's sleep, you are gonna get that free as well, as well as 
a pharmacist guide to cannabis. So go ahead and register for the class. And when you register for the class, you are going to be paying half price. This time around, we have not launched the course yet. When we launch it, it's gonna be full price. So you do not wanna pay full price for the class. Go ahead and register now. What is the name of the masterclass? Learn psychedelic as medicine. Psychedelic space is gonna be huge, folks. You don't wanna be left behind. You wanna have all the tools that you need right now so that when the Renaissance started, actually go into full mode, full gear, you are ready to go. Especially you educators, if you are an educator, you are a dispensary. What I mean, you are in any form of uh, clinicians, healthcare clinicians. You don't want folks to come to your office or to your pharmacy and ask you, or as the case of uh, my superhero that is sitting right here with me, they come to your clinic and they are asking, what else can I do for my mood, depression, and all this? How does it work? You want to know. You want to have your tools ready to go. That's why you need to register for less uh, length psychedelic as medicine. So go check it out, WCI-health, and pre-register for it now. And that's that for our house cleaning. Yes, yes, yes. I told you guys I have a goddess in the house. She is beautiful inside and out. Aww. I have with you, with me today, Arlene Crowder. She is LPN, licensed practical nurse. Yes, she's a nurse, superhero. Thank you guys so much for what you do. Miss Arlene is a chairperson of diversity and inclusion for American Cannabis Nurse Association. She is a board member of the organization as well. She is an intuitive healer. She is a mindfulness coach. She is into beauty, makeup. My goodness, I'm going to ask her today. How did you get to be able to do all these things? Welcome to the show, Arlene. Great to have you here. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am beyond excited to be here with you, Dr. O. I'm so to have this conversation. It has been, gosh, it's been an amazingly magical ass journey. And this is just for me, it's one of those um, pivotal signposts along the way when we get to connect with each other and I have these, these kinds of conversations. So I it should. is a complete honor. A complete I know. honor. I'm, I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited, folks. Uh, and we're going to have a list, all our information, all our program. We're going to have it in the show notes. And I'm going to ask her in the, at the end a whole bunch of cool stuff. Arlene, talk to me. Tell us about yourself and why, how you find yourself being a nurse, an intuitive healer. Talk to mm -hmm. me. Oh, my goodness. So I, and when it comes to nursing, um, I didn't really have a choice, Dr. O. So, oh. yeah, so I have a, I come from a very long line of healers in my family. Awesome. Um, huge, I have a huge family, very big family, mm -hmm. uh, very traditional um, upbringing. Um, and 
that is what we do. That's our family mm-hmm. trade. That's our family industry is healthcare and nursing. And so as youngsters, we grow up, we kind of have a joke. We say, we, we know we're going to be sent to the nursing boot camp. You <laughs> 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 don't have a choice about it. We yeah. appreciate you guys. <laughs> I mean, it is great. We really do appreciate you, mama. Yeah, thank you. So the elders, they just, they know. They say, you're going to go to nursing school and then you'll figure out what you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> and so I, I've i always been a creative. I've always been um so I, again, I tell you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a lot of my business here today. Uh, yeah, that's why you're here. Promote <laughs> yourself Sunday. Go for it, Mama. Yes. This is home. So um, it feels good to be home. I'll say it, that it is home. Um, so my family very Christian, Seventh Day Adventist. Um, very traditional. And so my mom was raised very traditional Christian Seventh-day Adventist, but she was rebellious. She had, she was the thinker in the family. She was very, she was, I say she was the black sheep in the family. Okay. We love black sheep. (laughs) (laughs) I get to be the rainbow sheep. Uh Awesome. We love rainbow, whatever colors we come in. It's all good. (laughs) Yes. So she was very rebellious and she raised her children to just ask critical questions, just critical thinking. If something didn't seem right, if something didn't make sense, don't be afraid to um, raise your hand and respectfully say, yo, can you just give me a little more information about that? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, at a very early age, my mom introduced me to um, spiritualism and she would not have called it that. She, She called it being spooky. I grew up spooky. That's what I'll say. (laughs) So I got my first divination tools when I was a child. I got a Ouija board for Christmas when I was eight. And it just, so it was just, um, and my, my parents were both very psychic leaning, even though again, they would not have called it that they would have said something else. But as I, I grew in the practice now, I'm the only of my siblings. I'm the second oldest of four. I'm the only one of my siblings that kind of stuck with that occult science, hidden Mm -hmm. spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indigenous spiritual systems. My mom is very, very, very into our indigenous roots. Yeah. Yes. And so it stuck with me. So once I decided that I was going to go to nursing school, because I did rebel, I will say that when the elders told me you're going to go to nursing school, I said, no, the hell I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Uh, because I'm a creative. I write music. I sing songs. Yeah. I design clothing. I'm a, I'm a makeup artist. You guys need to go to her uh, IG profile. Man, those makeup, they are work of art. Thank you. Thank you. And wow. so that is what I love. And but, you know, as as fate and my higher self would have it, I got pregnant with my son in my senior year of high school. And it was then that I realized that I needed to do something. I needed to create a a strong foundation for myself and for my child, because what I knew was that my son would never know what it was like to go spend food stamps to get food. I did not want him to have that upbringing, Mm -hmm. that experience. That was a part of my childhood upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I did not want him to have that experience. And so I I got really- Some of, I mean, 
lot of our community, we had to hustle and struggle so much. It, yes. it, 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 it is, it, I'm part of, part of the system too. Yes. But the beautiful thing is that us not being stuck up there. And that is why education comes in. Sometimes mm -hmm. the system want to get us stuck up there. No, we cannot stuck up there. That little hundred dollar, that little a thousand dollar, it ain't gonna cut it. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. This is too too much. <laughs> right? This is too much, folks. You no, better say it. <laughs> A thousand dollar ain't gonna cut it. That's what we need to begin to advocate in our community. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we need it to stand up, that's good. But when it's time to move on to the next level, because what does it do for you? It controls your life. Yes. I can't do that. Absolutely. Somebody's gotta know how much you have in your account. Yep. They gotta know what underwear you are wearing. Seriously, though, yep. what you eat, what yep. you use your money to buy. No, yep. that ain't finna work. Yes. And you know, Dr. O, it was real, it's really powerful when we really, as in Black Indigenous women, start to really unpack that and we can see how deeply ingrained. I don't want out, I definitely don't want to stay on this topic, but it is something that I think we need to begin to unpack because <laughs> we we we're teaching our children a certain kind of mentality, right? We're either giving them a, a wealth and abundance mentality. Like you said, this, I'm too luxury for that, mm -hmm. right? I'll be mm -hmm. that, I'll be too bougie mm -hmm. for that, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Or we're giving them, we're giving them poverty mentality. And so when I got pregnant with my son, in high school, I had a whole, now I had a team of aunts that was teaching me wealth, abundance, entrepreneurialism. This is how you're going to get yourself together. And then there was another team of aunties that was teaching me how to work the system. And that was two forms of mentality really going head to head against each other, right? Mm -hmm. I had aunts teaching me, yo, when you have the baby, don't let them sign the birth certificate because they, they don't need to know that you know who the daddy is. And then you can get more food stamps if you do this. And it was like, I don't even, I don't even, mm -hmm. I had to respectfully yeah. decline yeah that that those teachings and be very disciplined and move more towards I know that I can create some 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 resounding and lasting and, and I'm gonna come in right quick uh queen and there's nothing wrong with food stamps nothing. you know what I'm saying because nothing. and and because I want to quickly make sure I clarify that so that uh it wouldn't come across that is not what you're saying you right. even said you used it I right. used it I had my three sons when I was in 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 college I mm -hmm. I had William then I went back to school mm -hmm. I I was on full stand tennis, name it, I was on it. Then coupled with, I had disability, physical disability. So I was on social security yes. as well. But it's a stepping stone, we should yes. see it as a stepping stone to the next level. Absolutely. That is, because it's kind of like a bondage, kind of like a chain on our neck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take, if this, you allow uh, it. take this little food and, yes. and the next thing we know, we are stuck. Yes, we don't want to be stuck. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I am, I am in a, I am a sponge when it comes to wisdom. And so I recognize that the both, both sides are giving me something that I could work with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely, I'm always looking for the loopholes. I'm always looking Mm -hmm. for the fastest, easiest way to do what needs to be done. But ultimately for me, the goal, and I knew this at a very young age was generational wealth. Right. So I needed Mm -hmm. to make enough. I needed to create something that brought in enough enough wealth for me, my child, but also my elders. Mm -hmm. Right. So that I Mm -hmm. could break those those chains, those generational curses of the poverty mentality. And absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you clarified that because there is. Yo, work the system how you need to work the system. The thing is, don't don't let the system work Mm -hmm. you. That's Mm -hmm. what it's about. That's what it's about. right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so I'm just I'm grateful for that clarification. So I, I decided to go to nursing school right out of high school. I was a baby in nursing school with a baby. Okay. And it just I was I I I drank the Kool-Aid. I was excited. I just I couldn't wait. I'm so proud to be a nurse. I'm so proud of my legacy. I'm proud to wear all white. I'm proud of, you know, the the respect that we receive as nurses. And I just knew I was going to get out and I was going to save the world. I was going to heal everybody. It was going to be amazing. The thing about it though. <laughs> <laughs> So that had my rude awakening. (laughs) Think about it is now, and I think you may find this interesting as a pharmacist. When I started to work as a nurse, I had my brand new like nurse bag full of all of my tools and the art of nursing and tips and tricks and all of the wisdom of the aunties. But I also had inside of me, this uncanny knowing that there was something oddly off when it came to treatment of disease processes and the overuse of pharmaceuticals. Now I was raised in a household with my mom. She refused to take any kind of pills. Like she just utterly refused. She would not, she would not do that. And even as I was in nursing school, I would try to study with her like, oh, mom, look, look at this class of drug. And this is what this does. And just to try and give her Mm -hmm. my mom is not a nurse, by the way. So she Mm -hmm. she's the only one of her sisters that's not in healthcare, And so she just had an aversion to it. And so I kind of just carried that with me as I began to work as a brand new baby nurse. And I started to realize, Dr. O, I ain't healing no damn body. I am not being paid to heal anyone. I barely have enough time to actually care for individuals under my care as a nurse. The only thing I was getting paid to do was just pass out pills, pass out pills, pass out pills. Mm. And I could see, I could see relatively healthy individuals coming for long-term care. Now, my Mm -hmm. nursing specialties before um, education and nursing informatics were long-term skilled therapy, rehabilitation, and hospice. So I was able to see um, relatively healthy people come into long-term care and then a decline in them as they were being prescribed another pill to treat another side effect. Yeah. And then the opioids. And there was just something in me um, that knew that I was meant to do something different. And so I had a, 
I had almost a big fight with the aunts, the, the elders, because again, my trajectory was set for me. You're going to go to nurse. You're yeah. going to become an LPN. You're going to go back, get your RN, and then you're going to go back and get your bachelor's and then you're going to go back. And yes. at this time, yes, I yes, should yes. have a PhD right now. I know. <laughs> and I know. It was set. And I had to respectfully decline that plan over my life yeah. to, the, to the aunts. And I had to say, you know, I really think there's something about plant-based medicine. I really think there's something about mushrooms. I really think there's something about natural healing. I really think there's something about Reiki energy. And there's something here with holistic health that I, I really feel called to study. And I was highly discouraged. They were like, oh no, there's no, there's Don't no future. There. That. I know. <laughs> I know. That is, that, I mean, at such a young age, can you imagine how many kids, how many young women at that age is thinking of Ricky, is thinking of shroom? <laughs> that, that is just your root calling onto you. Yes. Yes. And that is what it felt like. It's exactly what it felt like. And so two things happened for me simultaneously. I had, um, and this was back in 2012. Uh, they say in 2012, December 21st, 2012, the world came to an end. It was like a I great know. awakening, the end of the I Mayan know. calendar. And in certain ways, it kind of was. There was, there was an awakening that happened for, and I'll just speak for myself, mm -hmm. where I understood that I was being called. That it was more than, um, now I got into nursing because it was like, okay, I can create stability for myself and for my child. But it was once I was on the inside working as a healthcare worker, I understood, oh no, I am being called. And I'm being called in a different kind of way than any of my colleagues would be able to understand, honestly, or recognize. And so I had to kind of have some balls ovaries <laughs> and I had to know that I was meant for a different path in a different way and when I say the ancestors scooped me up there was all of a sudden just um and anybody that's spiritual or spiritually inclined or in, mm -hmm. in contact with their ancestors they don't know what I mean yeah I there was it was it was a deluge of yeah. information and mm -hmm. resource I mean resources started to show up at my door just out of nowhere See, I, that is, uh, I, I grew up in I was born in Nigeria and mm -hmm. in that community that is it's like part of your even though you will be Christian or Muslim or whatever your religion home is the indigenous way is still rooted in everything Yes. And, yes. and I think even just thinking about your mom giving you your first gift of indigenous uh, heritage, yes. that's part of the pathways that is being set up mm -hmm. for you to like, mm -hmm. what, this is the path you're going to take. I don't think if stuff happens just, just for happiness sake. Yeah. Talk to yeah. me. How did you now get into in the therapy, did you go to like a formal school, uh, you know, for the indigenous, uh, you know, ethno yeah. uh, practices? You know, I, I wholeheartedly believe in initiations and 
in within my spiritual practices and teach teachings, I've had a lot of teachers. I've had a lot of different mentors. Um, and maybe they saw themselves as my teachers and maybe they didn't. But as I said, once I be, once I became opened, once the channel was open, it was, I mean, the student was ready. And so all the teachers appeared, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was some formal initiations that I um, I went through. I like to say that I was inducted into a couple secret societies. <laughs> but the, the reality of the situation is life initiates us, honestly, in so many ways. Life initiates us. And so a lot of the knowledge that I received when it comes to indigenous healing practices, shamanism, spiritual based healing was in life. It was because I was going through something and I had to heal myself. Okay. And I am my favorite patient. I, I, I see myself as my favorite experiment. I love to, um, try out different things. I mean, I'm going to try, I'll try a plant before I ever suggest it to anyone else. That's just the, that's the herbalist way you, you Mm -hmm. must do that. Right. Yeah. And so when it comes to the, the actual teachings, I started to grab up as many, it started with continuing education and we're going to bring that full circle because I now own my own continuing education business. Yeah. But it started with continuing education as a nurse. I started looking for, well, where can I get continuing education on psychedelics? Where can I get continuing education about energy healing? Where can I get continuing education about the mind body connection and epigenetics and the placebo effect? And it just did we not need to exist. go into that. Yeah. Talk to yes. me about that. That is a <laughs> unique one. I, talk to me. What do you think yes. about that? Okay. So the placebo effect, we know about very well as nurses and as doctors, as medical professionals. We talk about it a lot. There's tons of studies about it. Now, I come from um, a a little bit of a different perspective because I'm thinking, yo, in a lot of these studies, if the placebo worked better than the actual agent that's being tested, I think we should be testing the placebo effect, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, maybe this was... um, a year and a half ago or so, I fell heavily into, it was it was all on a track record. First, I studied Dr. Sebi's work in nutrition because I felt like that was the first place I needed to start. And then came cannabis and the cannabinoids and the endocannabinoid system, so on and so forth. And then I, I, fell, I fell upon um, the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. He is, he's a scientist. If you're not familiar, any of your listeners, he works heavily with mind-body connection, specifically the placebo effect in epigenetics. And he has several books on the topic. One of my faves would be You Are the Placebo. Another one is Becoming Supernatural. And so I'm all about the supernatural Mm -hmm. life, right? I love that shit. That's my jam. Yeah, I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what I really loved about Dr. Joe Dispenza's work was the fact that he was making a profound and scientific evidence-based connection with the mind-body, what some people would consider frou-frou. It's just, you know, it's 
all in your head, fine. But he was able to study it and really apply data and measure this connection with the mind-body uh, connection. And so I don't know if, I'm not sure if he coined it or if someone else did, but epigenetics, may, I think it was one of his teachers, actually. He talks about it in one of his books, but epigenetics is the study of when you, okay, so we think about our genetics. And so many times we speak to our patients and to even family members about the fact that something just runs in the family, right? You got mm -hmm. somebody in my family, I'll speak for my family. One of the things that got me heavily into cannabis was the fact that cannabis has is one of the greatest, has has a lot of cures when it comes to cancer. Yeah. Cancer is the number one thing that my family members die from. And so in my family, we say things, and this goes back to that mentality that we teach our kids, the culture, cancer runs in the family. And so at, at the same time- The that, box stops here. Yes. <laughs> at the same time that- I don't know. Majority of my family is medical professionals. We also are saying things like cancer mm -hmm. runs in the family. At least you know how you're going to die. Like that's just the types of things that's said at the family reunion. And I just could not, it was cognitive dissonance for me. I can't in my healing capacity understand how cancer could just run in the family and we could just be fine with that. And uh, let me come in record for uh -huh. me. I so much, um, uh, I so much believe in confession being possession. Oof. I, I so much believe so strongly about that. I, I'm so conscious of what I speak because there's power in our tongue. Yes. The powers of life and death is in our tongue. Yes. And sometimes when we say this thing, I, uh, on, on the day of the ACNA conference, uh, um, Sherry came to me and said, oh, because I felt like I wasn't ready. I'm never ready. Then I know, right? she said, uh, you're going to be fine. I said, you know what? This is what I tell myself when I wake up. My tongue is like a pen of a ready writer. Whether yes. I'm ready or not, this tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. A ready writer, when it's ready to write, just write. Yes. I speak when, I believe in your power of your tongue. And so it is. Go ahead, Ooh. mama. And so it is. And no, that's so powerful. And that's exactly what Dr. Joe Dispenza was measuring, is when we own a disease, right? Like you can, you don't ever want to say I have or I am dot, 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 right? Because mm -mm. then you're owning that, you're owning, mm -hmm. and your DNA is listening, right? So this, this, the study of epigenetics, genetics, obviously meaning your DNA, your genetic code frequency, epi meaning above, right? So you can really study you this the science taps into how can we really start to change that which we have been taught is unchangeable right we've been told that your your genetics is your genetics you were born with it and it is what it is sometimes we don't know why it's some junk dna in there it's sometimes the genes turn on sometimes they're mutated sometimes they turn off all of that is BS. When mm -hmm. we really start to look at the environment, 
that we place ourselves in. And when I say environment, I mean so many things. That goes back to the teachings of our family. Mm-hmm. That goes back to what we're putting inside of our bodies, our the mm-hmm. our foods. That goes mm-hmm. back to the way that we speak. What you just said, the power of the word. Now, I, again, I am heavily spiritual. And so I try to tell I can people, see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell people, you have to know that it is called spelling for a reason. It is spelling for a reason because you are casting spells as you speak. Abracadabra means I create as I speak. That is a mic drop, right? This spell in mm. mama yeah. wisdom. Yes. And so because of that, you can speak, you can speak that over your life. You can speak healing over your life. And another you. thing that I like to tell people is you can speak power into your foods and beverages. You know, people is within our culture, we have a way of praying over our food or saying yeah. grace. It's yeah. a reason for that. Yes. And I think when we when we do these rituals, because that's what they are, we have our superstitions and we have our rituals, but a lot of us have forgotten mm-hmm. why we do the rituals that we do, like saying grace and praying over our food. I it is know. because your food is energy and you have the ability to speak life into your food when I prepare yes it is when I'm preparing my veggies I'm um my diet is I call it flexitarian it's predominantly plant-based I will eat protein um depending I care a lot about where it's coming from and how it's prepared things like that also the culture that I'm in if I'm if I'm with the aunties and they made some home-cooked food then I'm going to partake in that energetically and not care so much about the rest but anyway I digress <laughs> so when I'm at home <laughs> when I'm at home preparing my veggies because I only cook vegetarian at home um I I am talking to them before I ever slice into them I charge them with their highest capacity for nutrition mm-hmm. health wealth balance sustenance color power right chromotherapy there's power in that color right they say eat the rainbow they don't tell you why that's because each one of those colors is a frequency of energy yeah. right And so when you charge your food in that way, you are taking in exactly what you put spell, you spelled it out, you said it, it becomes a a ritual, a craft that you've created for yourself. And then that is what you are building your DNA from, right? And so that when I, I've been doing this forever. But when I started to read about Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, he was doing scientific studies that corroborated what I was, what I was intuiting spiritually, what I understood spiritually, I was able to find the the data and the the scientific studies, the evidence-based resources where I can go back to my colleagues and my aunts and be like, Hey, see, there's something to this. Cause that's important to us also as a health professionals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. you mentioned Dr. Sebi, Uh, can you uh, uh, elaborate on that a little bit for our listeners Mm -hmm. that might not be familiar with his work? Yes. First and foremost, praise, honor, and respect to the ancestor. Hallelujah. Uh, Ashe. 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 I would have to go back several years if I wanted to uh, remember exactly my first introduction to Dr. Sebi. What I will say is 
Dr. Sebi has done, okay, I, I, I will digress that far back. When I was a teenager, I um, have a friend, let's say that. I am a part, disclaimer, I'm a part of the LGBTQ community. I am bisexual polyamorous. No, love is love. <laughs> Love, love is love. Is love. I love, love all the love. love, and that's why Absolutely. I'm polyamorous. <laughs> Absolutely. Love is love. Uh-huh. So that's why I'm the rainbow sheep. Definitely. So. <laughs> we love the rainbow, man. After the rain comes out, that beauty, it is amazing. Oh, rainbow. I, get, I get to be that, and it's just so powerful. It so, is. I right at right at the beginning of my nursing school journey, I had a I have a friend who is also LGBTQ and he at a very young age was diagnosed with HIV AIDS and it progressed very quickly. I mean, it, it really progressed fast. very, really fast. And it got to the point where he was um, he was in the hospital, not doing well at all. And his doctors was preparing his mom and encouraging her to go ahead and make funeral arrangements. Mm. There was one nurse that walked into his room and she risked her license. And she said to him, she said to his mom, after all of the doctors had left, she said, listen to me, I want you to take your son home. I want you to roll him a joint. I want you to smoke it with him. And then I want you to feed him whatever it is that he wants to eat. And she just walked out the room. And it was in that moment that, that I understood, I got to be that fucking nurse. I, I need know. to be, right? Yeah. I need to be that nurse. That bold. Yes, absolutely. And she literally saved his life. But I understood once I started nursing school, what she had done was she was encouraging. I didn't know anything about cannabis at that time. Mm -hmm. But I knew that she was encouraging his diet and his nutrition to go right? work for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that really encouraged me and my interest in nutrition and really taking a look at what it is that we're eating. Because again, and, uh, let me quickly come in right there as well, uh, Queen. Because see, when it comes to cancer or HIV AIDS, we call it cachexia due to HIV AIDS. That's what we use dronabinol for. That doesn't have toppings, no phenol, no flavonol. It's freaking expensive, makes patients feel crappy. Why do we do that? Because if you are not able to eat, how can you be well? Mm -hmm. You have to eat for you to get well. Absolutely. And when you are able to use cannabis, it helps you to eat. And then that's healing right there for our body. Yes. In the in the the simplest way, the simplest way possible. It's just the food that we put into our bodies. And that I mean, a light bulb just went off for me at that mm -hmm. moment before before anything with Dr. Sebi, before nursing school, that was planted. It was, okay, there's something very important about this diet and nutrition. And so that was one of my favorite topics in nursing school was nutrition. And I was fucking flabbergasted when I realized how little education we get as medical professionals and especially as doctors for about nutrition and the importance of nothing. nutrition. No. Way more time learning about pharmaceuticals. Oh, we don't know how, we don't know why. All we knew was the damn food pyramid, right? That's what yeah. we were given. 
And so I really started to, um, that's when I started to explore my own. Cause again, I got to experiment on myself first. I yeah. really started to explore my own relationship with my food. And that is what landed me on Dr. Sebi. That along with a few other conspiracy theories that I was looking <laughs> to the bottom of. <laughs> And you know, we we cuckoo from the beginning. So the conspiracy theory is all the way right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I'm about that life. I'm a truth seeker at heart. And so I came across Dr. Sabi and some documentaries that I found was he was he was making some pretty amazing claims when it came to his ability to heal HIV, to heal cancer, to heal what was considered non-curable. And here we have this non-traditionally trained doctor, right, down in Honduras doing amazing things with plants. Mm-hmm. And I just... I was always once I once I learned that he existed, I knew that I needed to train my eye. I need to be. <laughs> yes. I needed to train my eye on him and the work that he was doing. And I gotta say, um, I I I spent years just sending sending the ancestor just respect, honor, protection, because I was a little fearful for Dr. Sabi. I understood the the how dangerous the information was at the time and following the story of Dr. Sabi and what happened with him and his work really just encouraged and for the listeners who do not know Dr. Sabi he is world renowned when it comes to healing he's well known to the Mm -hmm. point where there were some powers that be if you want to call them that yeah that were very um i will say they were threatened not so happy yeah they were threatened by his knowledge and what he was teaching and in our communities, we've seen it tragically one too many times where our prolific leaders, our great thinkers, our strong and brave leaders are chopped down way too soon. And mm-hmm. that was, um, if you ask me, that's the conspiracy when it comes to Dr. Sabi's work. It's not the fact that he's able to heal AIDS or HIV with plants. I wholeheartedly believe that. And in fact, I know it. And that's when you start doing real shit. When you go from believing something to actually mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. it for yourself. Okay. That's mm-hmm. when, that's when you really start to make, make waves. I digress. Um, Dr. Sabi, um, he was arrested and he, I will say assassinated. I feel mm-hmm. he was assassinated in police custody because of the knowledge that he was spreading. And because Deep in my spirit, regardless to what the official narrative is, deep in my spirit, I understood that he was, his information was too powerful. That just made me even more hungry for the information. It made me more thirsty for the information. It made me want to go and buy his products. It made it, it made me want to learn as much as I could about, in, about diet and nutrition when it comes to melanated people. Yeah. We are unique. And, uh, our, our, our ancestors have used plants for generations to do everything. 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 There's a plant for it. There's a plant for it. 
And so, um, I don't know. I just feel, I feel Dr. Sebi, as well as the ancestor, Mary Seacole. Now, Mary Seacole is another ancestor that not many of us have ever heard of. As nurses, Mary Seacole was, she's the spirit guide for me because she was the first nurse to be accused of not really being a real nurse, which is something (laughs) that they like to say about LPNs all the time. Mary Seacole, she was, she rose up right alongside Florence Nightingale, which is the nurse that we give all of the credit to for modernized nursing. However, mm-hmm. Mary Seacole, she was a Creole um, Jamaican woman who mm-hmm. she went and established hospitals and um, hotels and inns over in the Crimean War alongside Florence Nightingale. They actually have statues of Mary Seacole there, but as a Black Indigenous woman, I had to seek out these, when I say Mary Seacole came to me, (laughs) she found me because she understood that I was, (laughs) I am that strong leader. Mm-hmm. I am the one that the ancestors have been waiting for. And so mm-hmm. they impart that wisdom onto me so that I can be brave enough to share it with the world. And so in combination with Mary Seacole and the, her non-traditional, because she had a very non-traditional way of treating the whole person. That was her thing. It wasn't just, you know, yes, you know, set, um, um, sterile technique is important. Mm-hmm. Clean, cleanliness is important. Dressing wounds appropriately is important. Pharmaceuticals is important. Sure, all of that is important. But what about treating the whole person? How about we see people as whole people and not just mm-hmm. a disease or a wound mm-hmm. that we're mm-hmm. treating? And yeah. so she really imparted that wisdom. And her and Dr. Sebi are just the spirit guides. I'm really, really excited to see. I hope that it still comes out, the documentary that Dr. Sebi was working on. Um, I know that it was taken up by, uh, again, shout out to the ancestor. Nipsey Hussle took up the work to continue mm-hmm. Dr. Sebi's, um, the Dr. Sebi documentary. And now Nick Cannon is working on um, further in that research as Hopefully well. Hopefully he stays with us for a while uh, yeah. talk to me uh queen talk to me about your journey so far as a cannabis nurse okay so that, that part of it yes so cannabis that is a taboo right there yes somebody like you that has been working with it for so long yes it is it has not been um it has not been easy that's what i'll say there's a lot of stigma attached to the cannabis plant in particular um and so i am grateful that i started with the cannabis plant because i see how she is now opening the door for me to study other um mushrooms and psychedelics and so on and so forth but it had to start with the cannabis plant and so I like to say I didn't choose the dope game. The dope game chose me. <laughs> uh, really, the dope nurse in the house. <laughs> dope nurse. Um, but it really started at home. It started with my parents. And again, well before I ever knew that this would be my path, I understood that um, my parents 
you they desensitized us to cannabis at an early age they made sure that we didn't have any preconceived notions or any you know questions they encouraged us to come to them and ask questions if we were curious about it my parents even encouraged us if you want to try weed for the first time you come home first I don't want you out in the streets Mm -hmm. experimenting with who knows who they put in there you come here first. And I never took her up. I never took my parents up on that offer because I felt like they exposed me to enough that I was no longer curious about it. I didn't feel like I needed to go and experiment with weed and so on and so forth. Yeah, I did. I was, I was a product of that dare to keep your kids off drugs generation. I grew up in the eighties and the nineties. So I grew up in the middle of that, the crack epidemic. And so when it came to weed, I was a little, when it came to drugs in general, I was a little jaded. I didn't like it in the communities. However, what I will say is the dope man was my first example of the entrepreneurial spirit. And my parents were my first examples of the healing power of cannabis. I didn't, I didn't have to understand what the weed was doing. All I needed to know was that my dad was calmer at the end of Mm -hmm. the workday, or now was a better time to ask for what I wanted as a child because the air smelled funny and I knew they were burning incense. <laughs> what was up, right? So fast forward, once um, I stepped away from bedside nursing, I got so jaded in my nursing career that I had to fully pull back. I even considered getting rid of my nursing license for a long time because I knew that in order to do the work that I wanted to do or that I was being called to do, that it was going to be difficult for me to do that as a nurse, Mm -hmm. as a licensed professional. And so I was willing to sacrifice that if I needed to, if it meant getting the education and and doing uh, the work that I, I needed to do. Luckily, I didn't have to do that. But... I um so I started studying herbalism and um it, a tenant of herbalism is now this is you know right as I'm studying Dr. Sabi and his work and so on one of the tenets of herbalism that I learned early on is all you need to do is master one plant if you can master one plant you can master all plants okay partner with the plant speak to the plant open up and allow the, ask the plant to teach you what it, what it wants to teach you. And so cannabis has always been a part of my culture. It's been in the music. It's been in my home. It's, you know, my lovers, they are all cannabis enthusiasts. I am a little THC sensitive, so I'm not huge on it myself. My my husband is used it for so long. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you saw Mm -hmm. him at the conference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. And that's for so long. That's what happened with me. My wife, she is a huge, she, I think she thinks that she's like Bob Marley, Marley reincarnated or something. I don't know, but she's a huge, a huge cannabis advocate and fan and enthusiast. And so back in 2015, Ohio, the state of Ohio was, we were working on an adult use program and there was a lot of political fanfare. There was a lot of back and forth. The bill wound up getting cut down, but it was in that time that I realized, oh, this is going to happen. We got so close to legalizing rec Mm -hmm. or um, adult use in Ohio years Mm -hmm. before it actually happened. And that's when the wheel started to turn for me that I needed to, as a 
I needed to get ready, right? And so we wound up legalizing uh, medical cannabis here in Ohio in 2016. And that is when I started to just learn every single thing that I could about every resource. I began writing curriculum for um, cannabis colleges that were springing up all over the place. I leveraged, and this is important to my listeners, leveraged my nursing experience. Yes. Okay. If you, if you have experience already, and I don't care if you're a medical professional or anything else, when you leverage that knowledge and experience you have, and you put cannabis in front of it, it automatically makes you an industry leader. Okay. I I agree with you. And that's what I, that's what I I was telling, I tell friends and I I said right now, the way we, they're going to separate the boys from the men is that experience, that leveraging tools that you just mentioned. Because everybody's saying, okay, I'm a cannabis educator because you smoke cannabis. Right. I am going to cut it. (laughs) This is medicine. You get what I'm saying? Folks, with the lies that has been spread about this plant, folks are going to want to see the science that makes it a medicine. Do you have the background to be able to sit down and use that leverage to explain it in a layman term. Yes. That's yes. what's going to, and I'm, I'm not dissing the uh, OGs and the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a part that everybody have to play. Mm-hmm. But in the next phase of where we are going, yes. you're going to need to be able to explain that. And part That's of how you do that is that leveraging tool you just mentioned. Exactly. And that is why I created my cannabis or my um, NTR comprehensive in OneDopeNurse.com. Yeah, talk to us about all that, your programs, your courses. We want to hear our our audience would love to know more I, um, I, as I told you before, I was hard pressed to find this information. I mean, this is years and years of research and, um, finding information where I could find it. And this is not just, you're not going to get this information, just Googling it, like get that out your head. Right. No, there's, this is, this is high level science. Mm -hmm. behind this and it's I mean when I learned the science of just the endocannabinoid system I was blown away and I could not in in any capacity understand why it is or how it was that we were not teaching about the endocannabinoid system in nursing schools Mm -hmm. anyway I can go on and on for this I um, know we could have you forever (laughs) (laughs) but but I when I could not find the contact hours, when I could not find the continuing education, I recognized a hole in um, the industry. And so and that is one of the power. That's what makes a powerful entrepreneur. You recognize a need. You mm-hmm. recognize a hole and then you provide the solution for that. So what I did was I compiled all of the information that I gathered writing curriculum for colleges. I'm writing curriculum for colleges as um as an LPN, I travel all around the country and I Amazing. work in nursing informatics. That you is require a master's degree to work in nursing informatics. I have been doing that for 15 years as an mm-hmm. LPN. So I am the top of my game when it comes to creating education for some of the nation's top hospital associations. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. We have Cleveland Clinic here. That Cleveland Clinic is so big. They're in Dubai. I 
created content and education for their medical professionals. And so all of that was training. That goes back to what I was saying before about life will initiate you, right? And so that at the time when I was becoming the top nursing informatics consultant, I had no idea that I was being prepared in order to write curriculum. And so I designed the curriculum based on the highest institutions in the country. That is when I joined the American Cannabis Nurses Association. I joined every committee that they had available, especially the education and the research committee. And I made sure that they knew that I was there and that I expected to be recognized and respected. Okay, and then I learned their ways. I learned what is the standard of excellence for all cannabis nurses? What is the standard of excellence for all nurses who are seeking contact hours? And then I had I made sure that my curriculum was certified at the highest levels in the country so that it would be available in all 50 states and Canada and Guam and whatever other U.S. territory. Yeah. And it was it was not easy. I had to overcome so much in order to make that happen. But I made sure that I did it so that all of the nurses that's coming after me, all of the LPNs, all of the black indigenous African nurses, you don't have to work so hard because my curriculum exists and you can learn everything you need to know. Like you said, Dr. O, it's no shade to the the bud tenders and the pot enthusiasts working in dispensaries. But as a medical professional, I was terrified to send my 75 year old lady because that's the fastest growing population turning to cannabis. I was terrified to send my 75 year old patient to a dispensary to learn about weed from someone who didn't know a damn thing about dosing strategies, who didn't know a damn thing about plant-based medicine or cannabinoids or terpenes. All they knew was their favorite was OG Kush. And that's what you're going to tell her. Because They weren't paid to do that. They weren't even paid to do that, you know? That mm-hmm. is so, so, I mean, that you, so, so amazing. So, 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 I mean, you've been on uh, ACNA board as a director, one of their board of directors. How has it been being on the board? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> laugh. I laugh with love. Um, it has been the most amazing experience. I will lead with that. And I'm going to say this because every single thing is what you make it. Right. So again, that goes back to that mentality. As long as you have your mind right, any 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 negative experience is just a a lesson, an opportunity to grow and to learn. And so I will say that I, I have had a lot of opportunities to grow and learn. One of my um, you know, honestly, I'll be honest, I think um I think I could have had a more difficult time in my ascension through into leadership of ACNA, except for it was because of my boldness. It was because of my audacity. It was because of my, I don't really give a fuck how you feel Mm -hmm. about me, right? Mm -hmm. As long as we are doing this work and we're all moving in a a direction where all of us can benefit. And and I'll be very clear that I made it very clear that I was speaking specifically about nurses of color, BIPOC patients, because I just was not going to allow them to all life, all lives matter me. No. no, we're gonna See, speak very specifically right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that is what 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 we are talking about. That is exactly what we are talking about. Being bold. Mm-hmm. No, I mean 
from our audience hearing you with respect, with respect, with, with respect, we have to stand up strong and stand up tall yes. and address the issues that needed to be addressed. Yes, absolutely. Because when you look, I keep saying it every time. An injustice to one is an injustice to all. Yes. It don't make no sense for us to shy away from some of this issue. Are we gonna be able to reverse the past? No, slavery mm -hmm. happened though. Mm -hmm. Slavery happened. Mm -hmm. uh, people got killed. They were still being slaughtered every day. What are we gonna do about it as black indigenous people right. of color? What are we gonna do? How do we, we gonna see the, no, we need to be at the table folks. Yes. You're not at the table. You're going to be the dinner. Yes. The, the okay. Time. That is so true. And that was one of my greatest challenges. This is not the time to let them continue to put us against us. Black against white. We, you are mixed. We are already concocted together. Yep. It's like we're fighting ourselves. Yep. The, the harm that's been done to the indigenous people, the harm that has been done to, to, uh, so the LGBTQ community, the Asian community, the, the, the handicapped community is for real. We have America with disability art. Yeah, we have the label, but where are the disabled? Where are the handicapped being placed on that table? Where are they? Yes. Where are the black folks yeah. at that table? Uh, there's uh, this, uh, what's it called? Uh, this conference going on in Miami right now. Mm -hmm. And I can count how many of us is in this bunch of panels. Mm -hmm. And these are the indigenous medicine. The psychedelics mm -hmm. that you're talking about is our medicine. Iboga mm -hmm. is right there from Congo. Mm -hmm. But we ain't even represented. We can count how many of us are with a, with a finger that are there. So at the end of the day, we have to understand what is being used, that this is a political strategy so that we don't get take anything home. No, we're not gonna shift our focus from the ball. Right. That's why we have to fight to be at that table, mama. Right. Oh, yes, you said it best. And that's exact. that's been my, that was the challenge for me was um, making sure, and that's why I joined every single committee that they had because I wanted to be at every single table mm -hmm. that they had. And then it was like, oh, okay, there's an even bigger table that I can be at. I'm going to go and sit at that table. I want to go in the boardroom. Uh Love yeah. it, love it. <laughs> and it was, and I've, I've, you know, been doing all of the work as the chair of diversity, equity, and inclusion. They didn't even have that committee before I joined the board. It did not exist. They didn't think it was in, not that they didn't think, I mean, we, we don't know what we don't know. That's what I'll say. However, with that being said, there was not as such a great need to form a committee for diversity, equity, inclusion. And now I add anti-racism before I, I joined the board, but it was because I was in their faces every day, all day, making sure that you're, you're not gonna ignore us. You're not gonna ignore us. And I say, <laughs> Dr. O, I'm so proud. Like, I'm so like, I'm proud of you, girl. mama. Okay. I am I'm proud of you. Thank you. And you have done amazing work. Uh, you have done so much for our community. It just doesn't, it, it's great. I mean, for you, as young as you are, to be able to develop all this. Informatics is the most 
difficult part of education. I did not like it in pharmacy school. Yeah. I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. I was just glad to be out of that class and keep <laughs> it moving. And for you to solely do all these things and still fighting for our community is commendable. I am, I am, I am really, really proud of what you're doing. Thank I you. Am. Thank you. And it is, and that is why I do it. You know, I show up to these conferences and I just keep showing up. I just keep showing up. I'm, I just won't allow myself to be silenced. And that's the big part of it. And there has been, you know, within the association, I speak very candidly about some of the racism that I've received. I, I am very honest about, um, again, I told you we, we, there was a fight for, BIPOC speakers at the conference. There was behind the scenes, shit gets real. I'm just going to say it. It does. It does. And I, I had to really put my body on the line, put my license on the line in order to do this work, whether I was recognized for it or not. Right. Because whether anybody ever knew my name, I understood that this, I had laid the foundation. I'm just going to go off and pull out my tarot cards and play and makeup and do photo shoots and go on with my life. And those are beautiful. <laughs> those are we gonna we gotta bring you back, Queen. We gotta Absolutely. bring you back. We gotta time. bring you back because we can't even cover everything. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna ask you two more questions before okay. I let you go today. We gotta have a sequel with this one. <laughs> One is that doing, going through all this process, I mean, an average person will be intimidated. I will be intimidated. Yeah. How have you been able to deal with imposter syndrome? I know our folks will want, especially BIPOC community, LGBTQ community, I see a lot of our brothers and sisters still there. They're not able to live their full potential yeah. because of fear. How have you been able to handle that part that says, no, you are not enough? That was my number one challenge. That was my number one challenge doing this work because one, I'm doing it. I'm not only doing this as a black indigenous woman. I am also doing this as an LGBT woman. And yeah. I am also doing this as a, a, a girl who grew up in the hood who is not academically trained. It's I like do a not, triple threat. I don't have a degree to my name. I am it's a licensed a practical nurse. And in a lot of ways, you know, we tend to get shitted on in the yeah. community, even though we are very skilled. Do the men work. You guys are yes. the one. It's like, it's like our hierarchy. The lower folks do most of the work. Yes. And that's how it is. It's, it's yes. unfortunate. Yeah. But for me, you know, goes back to that mentality. I see all of that as opportunities, opportunities. It's not a bad thing to be an opportunist sometimes. Oh, we got to take right? every single opportunity <laughs> and grab it and, and yes, quality. Uh, you do. <laughs> and so when it comes to the imposter syndrome, I will say I went through, I went through every emotion and I still do. I still do go through, it's a daily thing for me. I'll let you know, meditation, daily meditation is a huge part of my mental health and wellness. Yoga is a huge part of my practice. I also pole dance. That's my physical fitness. I find ways to 
really honor myself. And a lot of that happens in my artistic creations and my uh, portfolio work as a makeup artist and as a model. And then, and I've been excelling in those areas for decades. So if I knew that I could do those things, I was able to carry that same level of confidence into the boardroom, into the conference, into whatever public speaking opportunity I may have. And a lot of that is really the way that I dress. People make comments all the time, like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. And some people might even think it's superficial, but what they don't know is that is my armor. When I get dressed for the day, I do my makeup for the day I put my clothes on for the day yes I look fabulous Mm -hmm. but that is my armor it is how I'm able to stay confident within myself because every day is a battle with imposter syndrome a lot of the times listeners you must feel the fear and do it any way I run, I've trained myself to run in the direction of the thing that I'm most afraid to do. I was, this is nervous as hell to come on this podcast with you, but I knew for a fact that because I was, that is exactly what I needed to do. Okay. When it comes to, um, just holding yourself up, having the audacity to say, yo, this is my lived experience. I don't care what your data says. My lived experience is important and I have a voice and I have a right to exist and to share my story. It's really important, honestly. And I mean, it's just, I feel that's, that's one of the greatest things, especially in the cannabis industry that we have to overcome is that imposter syndrome. Know that this is our science. Know that indigenous plants is our culture. Know that cannabis in particular belongs. This is our culture. This is our stuff. It's our herbalists, our botanists, our entrepreneurs sitting in jail. That's our people. That is a huge, huge wealth of knowledge that we can draw from and be proud of. And getting over that stigma is huge. Thank you so much, Mama. Thank you, Queen. I told you guys we brought in a goddess. (laughs) She is not just a superhero. She is also a goddess. I love you. Thank you so much. How can our audience work with you? Talk to me about, as we are wrapping up, talk to me about your programs. How can they find you, your social media? How can they work with you? Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a, a whole package. You are a whole package. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have indigenous mindfulness, uh, <laughs> conventional medicine. In one vessel, you are so special and Thank don't you. ever forget that. You, you, you are sent from heaven oh to God. our community to be a blessing, to be our leader, to tell us this is how we need to go. This is where to go. And you are you are shining that light unto us and darkness cannot comprehend Ooh. this beautiful light. Wow. That's so cool. How can folks walk with you? Because folks are going to want to walk with you. Absolutely. I am so grateful for you, Dr. O. Um, And I just, I gotta say this, you, what you said to me at conference is that it was that one moment for me that really helped me to see myself. The fact that you saw me, that you saw the work that I was doing, that you recognized it, and you just that recognition. You are bigger than life, mama. You are bigger than life. This is not just small. You are bigger than life, mama. 
need you to know because that is important and that is what helps us to overcome that imposter syndrome is when we recognize each other, when we see that we are not competing with each other because I want you to win. I win if you win. My winning means I'm coming back for everybody else. Yeah, it's a lot of us. (laughs) All those aunties, you got this and that. It's a lot of us. There's so much. So please, please, please feel free to reach out to me. My Instagram, that's where everything happens for me. Mostly is on Instagram. Um, For the cannabis nursing herbalism piece, it is one dope nurse Arlene. So the number one dope nurse. And then my name is spelled A-R-L-E-E-N. You can also find me on Twitter under the same handle. Um, I am also, if you want to check out some of the artistic creative stuff that I'm working on, you can follow me on my creative artistic Instagram page. That's at Ari Lee. That's A-R-R-E-Y-L-E-E. You can also search hashtag one dope nurse, number one dope nurse, and you'll see a lot of the conference highlights, a lot of my journey when it comes to working on the board of uh, directors for the American Cannabis Nurses Association, as well as what I've been doing outside of that work um, by searching hashtag one dope nurse. You can see a lot of my creative portfolio stuff under makeup by Ari Lee, hashtag makeup by Ari Lee. And when you are ready, because you will be ready at some point, you will figure out that you are being called. If you are listening to this right now, know that it is a calling. And when Mm -hmm. you are ready to get the education I invite you to visit my website. It's the number one dopenurse.com. And that is where you can find everything from the endocannabinoid system to phytocannabinoids, as well as some business development. And I offer mentoring through my website as well. So you're able to hook up with me and I'll teach you every single thing you, you need to know about the industry. And the mindfulness part too. She and the mind- yes. Don't let me forget that. <laughs> If you ever want to, if you want to really start to take the journey, because I need, first of all, I need you to understand that no one is ever going to heal you. No doctor is going to heal you. No nurse is going to heal you. No Dr. Sabi documentary is going to heal you. You must heal yourself. All we are our guides along the way, helping you with tools on your journey to healing yourself. Okay. So I offer myself as one of those guides, helping you to heal yourself. You can do that by booking a session with me. I offer tons of different kinds of sessions. Yes. I have, um, I, and all of them are holistic. My, they're all designed to include the mind, body, spirit connection. I work with, um, plant-based Um, makeup therapy. I like to work with henna. I do that with women that suffer from alopecia or um, chemotherapy, uh, hair loss. I'll do henna crowns with them. That really just helps to build that um, confidence and rebuild that connection with the, with the body um, and get rid of any body dysmorphia. Makeup. I do that for any reason, special effects, makeup. I've done makeup on set for movies. I, I do it mostly for um, beauty and fashion shoots, 
I like to do that as a way to build confidence as well. You can also book spiritual sessions with me. I look at, I look into natal um, aspects and astrology. I work with medical astrology to really take a look at, well, what's the underlying, what are the planets doing? Because that's another science that we are really only just beginning to unpack is how the planetary bodies, people know that the moon pulls on the tides whenever it's a full moon, but we are 80, 90% water. Don't you think the moon's tides are affecting you too? All nurses know, <laughs> we all know the, the, the emergency room goes crazy on a full moon. There is a reason for it. And so I love unpacking medical astrology. You can book a session with me um, for medical astrology, tarot cards, oracle cards, any form of divination, any kind of photo shoot, any kind of makeup therapy by going to www.calendly.com slash endotherapies. And folks, we, I told you guys, this, she is dynamite. She's a goddess. <laughs> and we're going to have all those information in the show notes. Yeah. Normally we don't put all the, uh, we just put maybe one or two uh, social handle, but this one, I'm going to put every uh -huh. information of my superhero on the show notes. And thank you so much, Aline, for being here today. Thank we appreciate you, you so much. Thank I you. share, thank I share. Thank you. I, I was oh, yeah, thank folks, that's our show for today. For those of you that are yet to join our Healthy Cost Wealth membership, head straight to wchi-health.com. And for my psychedelic masterclass, learn psychedelic as medicine, remember to go register for it. I love you guys. Hope to see you next week. Until next time, remember health equals well. Bye, guys.